What is going on, guys? As always, welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. We're back on our regular scheduled programming, so are we yeah. like on our beggar schedule? We're back on our bullshit. We're yeah, back we're, on our bullshit. we're back on it. With even more bullshit, um, as always, <laughs> I'm Eric and I'm joined by... Christian. And Sam. So, a little bit of news. Little little bit of shit going on. Oh, um, there's things on the creep board. Yeah, there's some creep keeping I have to do. Uh, Instagram has apparently uh, told us to go fuck ourselves. Mm. Oh, yeah, those dirty bastards. Um, Apparently, it's okay to post silhouette nipples on Instagram, but the second I post anything about a serial killer... That's the only thing you're seeing on Instagram? Because I've definitely seen way more than that. I've seen silhouette vaginas, too. It's like just meat curtains just hanging. But... What side of Instagram are you guys on? People paying for ads for this dumb shit. It's sponsored content. But I want to fucking post a picture of Richard Ramirez when he's a child or Carl Panzeram. Nothing even like that scandalous. It's just like literally it's they got us for inciting violence. It's on both. I fucking hate that whatever reality we have warped into because of CERN, I want out of it. Put me back in the Shazam timeline, goddammit. It's definitely on <laughs> Shazam. It's definitely on Facebook, too, because we tried... Or Kazam. It's the Kazam timeline with Sinbad. Put me back in that shit. <laughs> I but, thought he was Shazam. He no, that's, Sh- that's Shaq. Kazam uh, was... Uh, I might be wrong. I don't fucking know. Either way, I, 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 I'm, I don't want this. I don't want this anymore. Uh, social media can eat a fat dick. This is not on your 2023 bingo well, card. Basically, what pisses me off about this whole situation is that we put out semi-educational content, and we're getting fucking railroaded because of some algorithm bullshit, where it's attacking us because of hashtags we're using. And I mean, I knew for a while I had a suspicion we were shadow banned. We are shadow banned. But, well, not anymore. I mean, we're just straight out fucking gated content at this point. They flat out told us. Um, I posted their post to us or their, you know, notification to us about it on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. But only our followers are going to see that. So, guys, that leads me to the next point. Please follow the Instagram. If you listen to the show, please follow us on Instagram. That is the only way you will see our content. And to our followers on Instagram, please share our content with your friends. Get the word out there because we're going to need a grassroots movement to make this work. Um, Clearly, 
you know, the $500 I've spent marketing the show over the last two years, his, uh, not done shit. So not gotten me any presence with Instagram at all. Are we asking our followers to storm the hill? Yeah. Storm the hill for us. Get the word out there. If we see a post on our Instagram page, share it on your story. Tell people to go follow creeps in the crib. Send text messages to people, tag people in Facebook, uh, post on us, post our show link. However you listen to our show, post it on your Facebook wall, post it on your Instagram, do whatever you got to do. Get the word out there because that's, what's going to help us out. Um, clearly trying to use the algorithm to spread the word about the show isn't working. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you creeps for all you do for us. And we really need you to come through on this one. Um, that being said, if you like the show to any new listeners, please leave us a review reviews really help us out and downloads really help us out. Give us some downloads, but, uh, let's get on to the reason you guys are here enough about what's going on with us. We're here for summer slaughter guys. It's been great. And I mean, it's always just started, but it's, it's been great. It's just started. I mean, we've done, we had to double up episodes for one week, but it's, that's okay. Uh, shit happens. Scheduling issues. People get sick. It, it, things happen. I don't think anybody wanted to hear Sam just frog. No, no, like no one froggy wanted to from hear. the little rascals. Yes. No one wanted to hear what I sounded like. Like I, at all. When you were texting us in the group chat and just explaining, you're like, guys, like, my voice is gone. It is absolutely gone. She we're, sounded like Terry from those anti-smoking commercials that were out in the early 2010s. <laughs> Not Terry. <laughs> Stop it! With the thing on the... Yeah. No. Got, no. No. She's got the little microphone for a tracheotomy. That's what happens when you through a hole in her throat. Oh, my God. She would have had to hold up like place cards of what she was about to say and have one of us read it for her at one yeah, point. Poor Terry. R.I.P. She passed away. <laughs> what? She really did? Yeah. That's from what? Nice. Uh, what do you mean from what? From smoking a pack in a half a Wait, day. Wait, how is she still smoking? She had a tracheotomy. I think, well, I think she quit smoking by that point, but that the damage was done. From what? I thought you were going to say, like, she got hit by, like, a drunk driver that was driving, like, a truck <laughs> a truck full of cigarettes. That would, that would just be ironic. Like an ABC truck that had, like, all the cigarettes. That would be a little truck. ironic, wouldn't it? Would it would be very ironic. Where is the marble truck? Is that what she was? <laughs> Salem's. <laughs> oh, no. Where are the Virginia Slim trucks driving? That's at? probably what it was. She's got to smoke them through a trach. Ew. That's could you thing. imagine? I don't want to. I bet people do do that, though. Oh, I bet they do, too. I bet they do, too. Yeah, I mean, do if, they you're, do the smoke if you're smoking two packs like of Pall Malls a day, yeah, if you're smoking two packs of Pall Malls a day, you're not going to stop. It's just like, well, I've got a hole in my throat. Like, this this truck's just got to keep on keep on going. So they just, like, blow, like, Cherokee-style, like, smoke rings for party tricks? Oh, Jesus. Christ almighty. Anyway, let's get back into Summer of Slaughter and not Reverse horrid smoking. smoking 
There's shit. a whole demographic that doesn't know what we're talking about. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure they do because I looked on Spotify, like what our listener base looks like. It's mostly people in their 30s to 50s. We are we are not getting any like young listeners on no this. No Gen Zers. No, we have like one percent. Uh, that's okay. They're they're not here for our boomer humor. Our boomer? Did you just? Call we me are a not boomers. Did you just call me a? We might man? not be, but our humor is. It's the trauma. I won't accept it. It's the it's the trauma. It's all the trauma that we've gone through over that's the years. Cap. Just going to go ahead and say that. Well, we weren't born with an iPad in our hands and we'll never be able to relate. You're a part of the ops. But summertime, guys. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. She's she she's inundated because of our child. She she's down with the lingo. I don't I don't know how to do this. I'll translate it for you. Yes, later. please do. Uh, summertime. A lot of people go to what guys? The beach. You're on the right track, but no. Asylums. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> Hotels. Yes. Yes, you dumb broad. <laughs> Hotels. That's like an insane asylum. <laughs> you get fuzzy socks at those. I mean, actually, the hotel that we're going to be discussing in length today is kind of like an insane asylum. It'll See, make I you go insane. So he calls me a dumb broad, and I'm not much far off from what we were talking about. I get a check mark. Well, you weren't trying to actually like correlate that with the episode. How do you know that? I do know that. <laughs> I live with you. <laughs> I have entered you before. I know these things. I would like to exit. <laughs> Sometimes me too. Get the fuck out. It's it's like an insane asylum in there. Fuzzy Is this socks? window unlocked? I would like to leave. <laughs> Sam, you have at least another hour and a half of, of, uh, of recording to do. Not just a recording of this. Yeah. So we are continuing on with H.H. Holmes today. So Sam, without further ado, let's continue the story of H.H. Holmes so we last left off H.H. Holmes, the ever masterful and charismatic con artist, had swindled money from his drugstore employers, the Holtons, right? I can't want to call them the Hortons. It's the Holtons. The Hortons here to who? Yes. <laughs> they hear Holmes. The Holtons here to say Hortons. That, that's a terrifying take on children's story. <laughs> anyway. Dr. Sisa is rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> Look at all my grease shoots. <laughs> it is like from the bumble sloots. Oh my god. I feel like that is a one. Isn't it? They're like the star bellies and they jump down the shoots and then they get changed into different to ones. To a pit of lime? Yes. So I know. Don't ever let us write children's books. I would never. No. Actually, you know what? Maybe. No, I'm good. That would be cute. I know my audience, and that isn't it. <laughs> so, H.H. H. Holmes had purchased the empty lot in the Inglewood area of Chicago, right across from Holton's. And he built a labyrinth-like structure with shops on the first floor and small apartments above, and then he built the third floor. 
Throughout the building's construction, H.H. Holmes apparently switched builders and architects so frequently so that no one involved would be able to realize the gruesome end goal of all the odd parts. What's fascinating about this is Holmes actually drew the whole architectural side of this thing out himself. And it would just basically have architects check bits and pieces of it. So he would like have one architect, you know, double check his work. And then fire the guy and then take another part of the, his concept to a different architect and just rotate these guys in and out. Just like he did the workers. Mm -hmm. He would have one construction, like one guy work on a hallway and then two weeks later, tell him his work is shit. And then that would be grounds for him not to pay him. Mm -hmm. And he did this time and time again. And there was always people willing to work because people were moving to these metro areas to find work. Yeah, he did it with about 500 workers. Yeah. Um, which allowed him, because he was the only one that could see the end goal in mind. Right. And there was people that questioned him throughout this that we'll talk about later on. All I'm going to say is, thank God he didn't have a severance pay. Right. Well, I mean, these guys are contractors. Mm. So he's contracting to do the work. He's like, the work's not up to my standard. Get the fuck out. Mm-mm. Yeah, and then he would just be like, I'm not paying you. Yeah, I'm, I don't have to pay you shit. Like, and these guys would bring their materials to the job, and then he wouldn't pay them because he's like, the shit's fucked up. I'm going to have to fix this. Mm-mm. The castle features, so we're going to talk about the, the murder castle in itself. Because I feel like that needs to be discussed. It does. It is so intricate and well thought there out. There was a purpose for every Here's my literally everything. Thing. Novice here. Does this place even still exist? No. no. Oh. And we'll get into that in episode they three. They didn't turn yeah. it into like a McDonald's playpen? No, it wasn't a Twisted Sister playpen. Worse. They turned it into a Dollar Tree. Worse. <laughs> a Dollar General. Even worse. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. A fucking United States post office. They turn it into a post office? Yeah, it's There's a post an, office. a plaque on oh, a so tree. It, so it causes yeah. misery in another way. Yeah, it yeah. still is... Still just, an insane asylum. Yeah, it's still just causing pain and suffering to this day. Just in a different way? Just in a totally different way. <laughs> it's a little poetic, honestly. It is really poetic, actually. <laughs> That's so funny. So the castle featured soundproof rooms, secret passages, and a disorienting maze of hallways and staircases. The rooms were also allegedly outfitted with trapdoors over chutes that dropped Holmes's unsuspecting victims into the building's basement. H.H. Holmes was very good at figuring out different ways to suffocate people. That was his favorite. Yeah. That was kind of his bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. He loved. He just liked asphyxiation in general, which we'll yeah, get well, into that his, in a little bit. His, yeah, we'll we'll discuss that in a little bit. He there's ins- there's going to be a lot of asphyxiation and cum in this episode. Get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, don't, you know, yuck is yum. You know, the guy likes what he likes. He installed a soundproof airtight vault lined with steel with a gas flame, which he stated was there for a, quote, a source of light. 
But if you blew on any of the air pipes that were connected to the vault, you would put out the flame and anyone who was in the vault would quickly suffocate. What's fascinating about the vault, though, is when he had it installed, he got it on like a payment plan type of thing. And the company that installed it or uh, sold it to him came to repossess it because he hadn't paid them. And be like, you can find it. If you can find it, you well, can have not, it. No, I mean, he fucking had the thing. It was cemented into the building itself. For And he's like, if you you can come and get the vault. But if you try to, if you damage a single fucking piece of my building, I'm going to sue the shit out of you. So the company that sold it to him was like, well, it's really not worth it because we're going to have to destroy the wall to get the damn vault out. So it costs us more in legal fees than it would to get the damn vault back. So they just kind of said, fuck it. That's so wild. This whole, this whole story, I'm just like. He is the, the antithesis floor. of a con man. Mm-hmm. He's a flim flame man. Always working an angle. Always doing something. It just happens to be at this point in time in his life. It's mortar. So there was also a gas pipe system with valves in H.H. Holmes's bedroom that allowed him to pick and choose when he would let gas flow into his unsuspecting guest's bedroom and slowly and silently kill them. This sounds like the worst episode of Jeopardy I've ever heard of in my life. Well, he had secret windows in the rooms, Mm -hmm. too, where he could watch them suffocate. Oh, I'm sorry. You're getting too excited over there. I am. I have a murder boner right now. Oh, my God. Can you, like, cap it or something? Put a a little hat on it. I'll handle it later. Is it a bowler hat? No. It's got a mustache. (laughs) There was a completely sealed off room in the middle of the second floor among the many trap doors and chutes. It was disguised as kind of like an extra space in the back of a closet. Kind of like, um, like it was a little like, like little holes where... Behind like a um, like a staircase, no, like the little vent things, and there would be like instead of like an air shaft, it's like a room. Yeah, it's like so, a hidden room. So like the air handlers in this room. Oh, I got you. But yeah. think of them like on the side of the wall. Okay. Yeah. So, but the true quote entrance to this room was discovered by police when they tore one of the walls down. It was a trap door, like, in the corner of the ceiling that could only be accessed by climbing through a fake elevator chute that would only be opened from the outside. So, like, you couldn't climb up the wall and pull it open. It had to be accessed from the other side. And this would force whoever fell into the room to die a slow death by starvation alone in the dark. Yeah, that's that's a brutal way to go, man. Mm-mm. Yeah. That is a horrific way to go. Many of the secret rooms at the murder castle were lined with iron, and it was mainly used to soundproof the rooms, except for one of them. This room was not only lined with sheet iron, but it was also lined with asbestos. Like many of the torture rooms, the room 
also was equipped with gas pipes that they're were- just gonna catch mesothelioma shut up <laughs> if they were alive today they would be making a phone call to get a to get compensation uh, so, yeah, to get some compensation anyway the room was also equipped with gas pipes that were controlled from hh holmes's bedroom Authorities believe that this specific room was intended to be both fire and sound and escape proof. Mm. Dude, this guy, he's really a visionary. He's a mastermind. He thought of every single fucking thing he he could think of. Like 25? Something like that. Uh, I I think he's in his... Like right at thirty at this point. That's okay. yeah. I'd say that's he's picking up steam. Yeah. And like, as far as like a berserker mode, like the the bloodlust mode that a lot of serial killers go on, he never really hits it. He's just kind of doing his thing. He's steady rolling. Well, remember he's still working insurance scams this entire time. Yeah, well, this is why he was killing this, people. The whole concept of him committing these murders, which he'd find out later on that he enjoyed for sexual gratification, but it was to collect money to keep this fucking hotel afloat. Yeah, because it wasn't really a hotel. No, it was his play palace. Mm. So uh, some of the scariest devices that were found in the basement of the murder castle were meant for getting rid of the bodies rather than torturing the living. There was a human-sized stove and vats of acid and, like, a kiln and, well, like... what's crazy sh- is the crematory he had put in. He said it was for some new thing, new process he had come up with for glass blowing or some shit. Yeah. And, um... The guy who was installing it basically was like, ah, that's not big enough for doing any like glass molding. So, but he didn't think anything of it. It was literally a perfect size slot for a human being to go. They would burn it like the same temperature as a retort for a cremation. It's insane what this guy got away with. And people just didn't think anything of it. Nobody no. put two and two together. Literally no. There no there was no math being done here. Another device that was found in the basement, this one was intended for the living. And it was a stretching rack. H.H. H. Holmes called it the quote elasticity determinator. Yeah, his whole thing was like trying to get people to grow. Was he that. short? Uh, he was like five nine, five ten, I think. Okay, so like average. But the whole the whole thing was he's a doctor, so it's like I'm doing experimentation to see if I can make people grow longer. But really, it's just a fucking medieval torture device called the rack. Yeah. Which we'll do an episode eventually on medieval torture devices. I think I'm that would be so fun. down with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be a fun one. So he performed these experiments that measured how far a person could be stretched. His victims were slowly stretched and bent until their bones broke and they eventually died. He would then dissolve the bodies in acid or disintegrate them in his giant ass kiln. 
And when he wasn't torturing his guests or getting rid of their bodies, he would send both the dead and the unconscious ones down a secret chute into the basement. And then he would put them on his operating table and conduct experiments on them. He would dissect and perform grisly medical procedures on them using a mix of different surgical instruments and poisons and whatnot. He would finish them off by removing their organs and cleaning the remaining flesh off of their bones, which... Well, his favorite was chloroform. Well, yeah. Um, And there was one that started with an L, but it's basically just morphine. He loved using those, too. I don't remember what the other one's called. I can't remember what it's called. Lithum? Lithamine? It might be. Lithum? No, like... I can't remember. I'll we'll have to look it up eventually. So he once he finished cleaning the remaining of flesh off of the bones, he would then sell them to doctors and medical departments as anatomical models. Sometimes he wouldn't even do it himself. He would outsource it. Ew. The murder castle was equipped with a complex this is like my my favorite part. Okay. So morbidly, of course. Anyway, So the murder castle was equipped with a complex system of alarms that sounded like buzzers in H.H. Holmes's bedroom. He used this system to monitor the guests' movements throughout the hotel. The buzzer would sound whenever someone would open a door. So if someone left their room, it would ring or buzz or whatever in H.H. Holmes's bedroom, signaling him that, like, someone's up. And whatever it was okay, so it was also useful in the fact that someone, if someone managed to escape one of the torture rooms, he would be able to leap into action. And I just find it cool. He's he essentially invented and the alarm system. It, it's basically like a ring camera before a ring camera was a thing. Yeah, it, but in like a weird opposite way he used well, he it. loved gadgets and shit like he was a tinker gadgets and gizmos are plenty i don't think he's part of ariel's world no he no he had his own little world though mm-hmm. so but i he, want to go where the people are <laughs> he does want to be where the people are so he he used this alarm system kind of in a reverse in a way I guess, because he used it to kill them more efficiently, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, you can literally track the movements within the building. Yeah, but the, it, it it's just cool because it would just like, bzz, whenever a door, any door was open. I see his little like, spidey senses tingling. like Wild. Oh, door open. I don't know. It was just cool. I love that part. And it would also tell him if he had deployed a torture tactic... If it worked or not. Like, say he was trying to fill a room with gas. Well, the person, like, goes to leave the room. But those doors also had locks, too. I also Where he would lock people in. I don't know if they, if it, like, told him what door opened or if it's just a door open. I would say they were, there was probably a ringer connected to each fucking door. That's a lot of wiring. Mm, yeah, I'm kind of with Sam on that. Maybe I, he just had, he knew, he just knew. Well, think of it this way. There's probably a, 
it might not have been that much wiring. It could have been a rope pulley system type of thing. I mean, for fuck's sake, he, he had secret rooms and shit. You don't think this guy, like, foresaw how to do something like that? He's the original jigsaw. He is the original. In a way, yeah. He, I mean, he's thought out every fucking circumstance he could think mm-hmm. of. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. So the second floor of the castle was the perfect stalking ground for H.H. Holmes, thanks to a network of secret entrances and and peepholes. Some of the rooms had fake walls that hinged open. Others had hidden doors that led to secret chambers that only he knew how to navigate. These doors were either disguised as regular doors or so immaculately hidden that no one had any reason to believe anything was amiss. The hallways and the doors were also designed to disorient his victims and lead them to their deaths. Some of the rooms had multiple doors, while others had none at all, like the one we talked about with the trap door. It was like the Winchester house. Literally. It was like, if you've ever seen the Winchester house, it's literally like that. There's just doors that open up to brick walls. There's windows that don't do anything. There's doors that open with nothing at them, just outside. Yeah. Only someone with the knowledge of the building would truly know the best and quickest way to get around. Most of the castle was designed to kill his victims remotely, but H.H. Holmes really enjoyed strangling people, so much so that he had a whole room dedicated to it. It was named the Secret Hanging Chamber by Investigators. 
H.H. Holmes would stalk and isolate his victims and knock them out with chloroform, and then he would drag them into the hanging room. The other end of the hotel's second floor was a mess of narrow, doorless hallways that were set at weird angles. Guests never stood a chance at finding the right way out. Well, back onto the strangulation thing with him. I'll just go ahead and get into it now. What he came to find out was he really liked that the feeling he got made his pants a little tighter when he would overdose somebody on chloroform and then their body would start fucking convulsing. And that made him hard. So that, that I'm just ignoring you on this one. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's what would happen. He would just start, you know, polishing the one eyed wonder weasel, you know, (sighs) The looks I'm getting right now, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, if we only had video. I'm still stuck on the Sam and you talking about the how one of you or the people are. I want to see them gasping. Get the fuck out. H.H. H. Holmes <laughs> placed newspaper ads offering jobs for young women and advertised the castle as a place of lodging. He also placed ads stating he was a wealthy man looking for a wife. Because, once again, he's always looking for a scam. He was trying to find wealthy suitors and women that were coming to town for promises of careers and whatnot. And that's what he preyed upon. That was kind of his M.O. Yeah. So, H.H. Holmes recruited three people to help him with his work we'll call it they were charles chapel patrick quinlan and benjamin peitzel who will be important later on yes now how he got these guys was remember the bottom floor of the hotel was all shops and retail so charles uh chapel was in charge of the like the pharmacy type shit, if I recall correctly. Um, and he was he was also a doctor and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Benjamin answered Holmes' ad, one of his ads for fucking work, basically like carpentry work. So, as any good supervillain has, he's got henchmen. These dudes oh, are the well, henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Holmes is a fucking supervillain. Like, 100%. He's like Megamind. I don't know who that is. I was what? thinking... You don't know who Megamind is? No. He's got a big head. Okay. And I mean, I would assume so, given the, the name Megamind. Grilled you? Well, I mean, he's... I was thinking more like a Dr. Evil. No. Yeah. Oh, well. Who does number two work for? (laughs) Anyway, one of H.H. Holmes's early victims was his mistress, Julia um, Smythe. Uh, Phonetically, that's what that should say. Let's go with it. I'll go with it. Anyway, she was the wife of a man named Ned Connor who had moved into H.H. Holmes's building and began working at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. After Ned found out about Julia's affair with H.H. Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Julia and their daughter Pearl behind. 
This is really fucking sad because yeah. supposedly this is one of Holmes's first true victims. Um, there's some questionable ones, and that's why we left them out because supposedly they were found. They weren't true victims. They were part of the insurance scams mm-hmm. where he's like, ah, we're going to fake your death, yada, yada, yada. We're gonna both going to get paid. So Julia gained custody of Pearl and remained at the hotel, continuing her relationship with H.H. Holmes. Julia and Pearl ended up disappearing on Christmas Eve of 1891, and H.H. Holmes later claimed that she had died during an abortion. Yeah, because basically her husband like dipped. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm, I'm not dealing with this shit. And just left. Honestly... Don't blame him. No. But... He he didn't leave their daughter behind. Look, man. H.H. Holmes was good on the bush, man. He was a lady killer. Literally. Literally and figuratively. So... She gets knocked up. And that... He's like, nah. I already got some kids back somewhere else that I'm trying to avoid. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. So tells her she has to get an abortion and wasn't he performing botched abortions for a while? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um so despite his medical background, questionable. H-H- right. H. H. Holmes was unlikely to be experienced in carrying out abortions and mortality from such a procedure was high at that time. H.H. Holmes claimed to have poisoned Pearl, likely to hide the circumstances of her mother's death. Yeah, they didn't have shop backs at that time, so they're, you know, they're not shop backing that thing out. That's not a real thing. I I, I know, I was making a joke. Mm. Realistically, he probably used, like, an ice pick. I mean, lobotomies were a thing back then, so. Ice pick lobotomies, you know? I know. realistically, he probably just fucking killed her. Somehow that's better. But it makes for a great story to be like, to, you know, explain that that death away. A partial skeleton, possibly of a child around Pearl's age, was found when excavating H.H. Holmes' cellar. Um, Pearl's father, Ned, was a key witness at H.H. Holmes's trial in Chicago. H.H. Holmes paid a man to remove the skin from the corpse of an unusually tall woman. So that was actually Charles Chapel that did that for Okay. Him. So he helped uh, Holmes, because Holmes, he was a busy man. Yeah. He was outsourcing the work. So basically, he paid Charles... I want to say the figure was like 50 bucks, which is probably a couple hundred in 19 or 1890s time. But he sold it to, well, go on. He basically, he sells the skeleton for like the equivalent of five or $6,000. Well, it was an unusually tall female and Julia Stood nearly six feet tall. Which at that time was very tall. It still is tall for a woman. 
I'm five three. She's five eight. Yeah, I'm not six foot though. No, I mean I don't I don't consider that nearly six foot. I'm thinking like five ten. But people back then were shorter. Maybe I have a long back then. Well, you know, time I'm travel. Well below average for a female. Um, no, so no visible clues to the skeleton that, uh, he had sold of the unusually tall woman. No, no visible markings or anything were on it. So it's can't be proven that, that it was or wasn't Julia. Benjamin Peitzel answered one of H.H. Holmes's ads in the fall of 1889 and he later met a woman named Emmeline Sigrand. Sigrand? I don't know. Sounds good. A beautiful young woman who worked as a stenographer in the Dwight, Illinois office of Dr. Keeley of the famous Keeley Cure for Alcoholism. So Keeley is another one of these flim flam men. Basically, his whole thing, snake oil salesman. What the hell is that? So. All right, so back during this time, there was these dudes that would go from town to town and try to sell these, like, Mm cure-alls. Like, if you buy this, it'll cure cancer type of thing. Got it. So these guys would travel from town to town, and this dude had this supposed, like, 100% cure rate for alcoholism, which Peitzel was a hardcore alcoholic. So... Basically, Holmes sent Peitzel there to try to steal this cure Mm -hmm. so he could sell it. Right. And profit off of it. Because always the ever-cunning con man, that that was the angle Holmes went with. So, while Benjamin was away for this gold cure. Do you want to know what the gold cure was? So, I the don't know. gold cure, this asshole would inject liquid gold, like basically a bunch of gold flake in saline solution, pretty much, right into the, the person's bloodstream, and that was supposed to cure their alcoholism. Yeah. I'd, I liked it better when... There were ghosts in your blood, and you should do cocaine about it. I mean, this is that same exact time. Cocaine is legal at this time. I mean, I don't like cocaine, but... I mean... I I like that. If you're in 1890, do some cocaine about it. Literally. Or inject gold into your bloodstream. That's so dumb. Dude, people were very dumb back then. Very stupid. Back back then? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. People are still dumb today. They get a little bit more credit today than back then. You know, the internet. Well, There's just no reason to be dumb these days. Mm, the internet. The internet. It's the best and worst thing we've ever invented. Is Literally. So, Benjamin writes H.H. H. Holmes telling him of this beautiful secretary and then H.H. H. Holmes writes Emmeline after learning about her and offered her double her salary to come work for him as his personal secretary. Mm. 
So she leaves Keeley's office and heads to Chicago. Upon arrival, Holmes immediately deployed his tools of seduction. Which he was a master of. He basically would love bomb these girls. Oh, poor babies. And then when he is the minute he got tired of them. And that's his M.O. Yeah, I mean, he would. He is a textbook psychopath that looks at people as objects. And when he's tired of his new plaything, he gets rid of them. Literally. So it's unclear as to when exactly their relationship turned intimate. And it was also supposed to be a secret because she's his secretary. Um, But several residents of the castle had their suspicions. H.H. H. Holmes convinces Emmeline that he's the son of an English lord and promises to take her to his father's estate once they honeymoon. Dude, this is like he's running the Nigerian email scam. He really is. A hundred years before the Nigerian email scam happened. Literally. This dude is like he's a trailblazer, a visionary. A total piece of shit. He invented security systems and the Nigerian prince. He's running insurance scams where he's digging up cadavers and then saying, hey, this is my buddy, Bill. I'm going to put an insurance policy on this guy. And then Bill's. Oh, no. Blown up in a fucking accident. (laughs) Conveniently. It's not conveniently. It was a tragedy. That too. Oh, God. It's so tragic. Where's my $10,000? Right. Money me now. So, obviously, H.H. H. Holmes is an English royalty, so this is not going to happen. I love how he's trying to do this scam with no English accent. Right? Like, did you like, just what like... what a fucking turd. He's like, oh, she's a, she's a dumb broad. Like, she'll believe it. Women are stupid. Uh... Unfortunately, Emmeline won't make it out of his castle because he seals her in the airtight vault shortly before Christmas of 1892. This is the saddest shit. I know. They were supposedly they were getting ready to go on their honeymoon Mm -hmm. because they were getting ready to get wed. Yep. They're going to get married. And he's like, hey. Honey, go go in there and fetch something for me. This mm-hmm. is one of his like iconic Bugs Bunny versus Daffy Duck, Roadrunner versus Wiley Cody plots. He's like, I left some f- papers in the vault. Why don't you go get those for me, Sam? What happens next? Well, he locks her in the in the vault in the vault. Well, he the way he does it though is super fucked up because he basically sneaks around the side and then just pushes the door from the side. And she's like, what the fuck? Help, help me out. Get me out. And he's like, opens the sliding peephole thing. And then just watches her suffocate. But the whole vault is lined with caustic acid. So what is that? So basically like think like sulfuric acid. Okay. So this this is like acid that's going to start eating away at the skin type shit just to kind of speed things up a little bit. Meanwhile, he is furiously masturbating. 
at the sight of her, like in a sheer state of panic because all of a sudden it's, she's realized, Oh fuck. I'm going to die. Yeah. He's going to let me die. That's what this is about. It's about extending that hope out like, Oh, this person loves me. And then all of a sudden the realization hits that, Oh God, I'm in a fucking tiger's den. That's the payoff for H.H. Holmes. She's like a little rabbit in a lion's den. That's exactly what this is. A gazelle. Well, I would say the rabbit's probably uh, more accurate. I just she don't wandered know if lions into the lions. Oh, they'll eat. They'll eat a rabbit. I know anything. my kitty cats love to chase. I love those little. Ass- speaking side note, those little assholes haven't been up here at one time. Um, uh, Lucy's they're like right we're there. not. They're like we're not. Interested. Lucy's here. Oh, she. Salem's She's night. asleep. Salem's not interested in nature. She's Holmes. a baby. No, he's he's executive produced it. Oh, we he sent his he sent his detail up here. Yeah. He said well, she's he, asleep on the job. Yep. Oh, you get a pass, little girl. We love. You. We know who Christian's favorite is. What? I don't pick favorites. Mm. Mm-mm. So Emmeline before. She disappears. She'd offered one of her neighbors, Mrs. Lawrence, an early Christmas gift and spoke in vague terms about her future, which prompted Miss Lawrence to ask Emmeline if she was leaving, leaving Chicago. And Emmeline said, maybe. And then she was never heard from again. Mm. Suspicious. <clears throat> right. So... What's crazy about this is when the cops went to investigate Emmeline's death, like basically when the Holmes is arrested later on that we'll get to next episode, they were, you know, inspecting all the stuff in the hotel and they saw a human footprint Mm -hmm. etched into the vault that she was used. And Holmes used to kill a lot of women. But they suspect that it's Emmeline's foot that left that mark. It's an indention, a foot-shaped indention. They think it's because of the acid that was used that it helped burn a hole in the... Burn mm. some type of indention into the uh, the door of the vault. I don't like that. That she was pressing with that much force to try to open that motherfucker. It's, it's it's tragic that this this person was able to like lure all these women into this situation. A ton. Like Holmes only confessed to what twenty seven murders. They suspect uh, he yeah officially yeah they suspect he killed upwards of two hundred. That's awful. Mrs. Lawrence asks H.H. Holmes about where Emmeline went, and he responded that she'd gotten married to her fiancé, Robert Phelps, a man which no one had ever heard of. And they'd left the city on their honeymoon, and he wasn't sure if they were ever going to return to the city. He showed a wedding card that was typewritten instead of the more traditional, like, wedding invitation-y handwritten calligraphy yeah that and 
that did not satiate Mrs. Lawrence. It gave her a really uneasy feeling. And she told H.H. Holmes that, you know, like, no, I would have known. Like, I, I feel like she would have told me about Robert Erfitt or at least told me goodbye. Well, H.H. Holmes did not like that Mrs. Lawrence was growing suspicious. So a few days later, he knocks on her door and shows her a newspaper clipping that said, uh, that announced Emmeline's marriage to Robert. And part of it read, it's at the beginning, it says, the bride, after completing her education, because she was a stenographer, was employed as a stenographer in the county recorder's office. From there, she went to Dwight and there from Chicago, where she met her fate. Yeah, that'll do it. But what happens next is the probably the cruelest shit Holmes. Well, some of the cruelest shit Holmes ever did. It it shows the amount of forethought he fucking had. Yeah. Holmes wrote a letter to her parents that she had met a man and was going to leave him for her. And the difference is that in responding to Peter Sigrand in a letter, H.H. Holmes argued that Emmeline had indeed married this unnamed man and had then moved away with him suddenly. In a second letter sent a few weeks later, H.H. Holmes claimed that the new Mrs. Phelps had been located and her unexplained absence satisfactorily clarified. Yeah, because, you know, the family just took it as his word and like, well, I guess she she's either happily married with this new guy or she's fucking dead. But yeah, that's going to cover us for this installment of H.H. Holmes. So we're, when we pick up next week, we're going to cover the last bit of time in, his, in Chicago for him and what happens next. And it's pretty grim. But yeah, Christian, uh, do your thing. Do that voodoo that you do. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the love. And if you want to continue sharing us love, Make sure you guys are hitting those socials. We appreciate it so, so much. It makes us happy to see those reviews. We get giddy inside. Warm and fuzzies. We love those. Make sure you guys are following us on Instagram, Facebook, the TikTok. Make sure you guys are commenting and reviewing the show. We love to hear your reviews, and we actually read them live on the show. So make sure you guys are leaving us a review, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, so uh, make sure you download the episode. And make sure your other downloads are on. And we will see you next Friday. Uh, Stay creepy. Stay spooky. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.